0: Welcome, Welcome to the light-hearted podcast adventure with four pastors who discuss God, His Word, and some other stuff. This is Pastors, pastors Live. Live, a Rev FM production from Water Springs Church, Idaho Falls. Here now are pastors Dave, Ty, Shane, and the other
1: guy. Welcome to Pastors Live, uh, and by the way, we love Pastors Live. We love doing it; it's a joy. But uh, today is a very special day for uh, Pastor James. Yes, sir. Today is National Bowtie Day, and I just want you to know that uh, we honor you, Mr. Bowtie. <laughs> uh, and so, but we've got a, uh, we've got, uh, Shane's not here wait, today. Wait, wait, So, uh, yeah. You're
2: going to honor him even though he's not wearing one. So he Bow Bowtie Day.
1: Uh, he just probably didn't know. Did I, you not know it was Bowtie Day today?
2: You, you know. Uh, we don't know. That's why we're asking. We love you, bro. We're concerned. Yeah, we're, we're worried we about you. Man. Can we help you, man? People all over can the we get nation you right now
3: are listening. I'm speechless. Let me tell you something, though, about help us. this whole thing. If you had a good producer, you would know. If I had a good <laughs> producer who... <laughs> Way to go, Gary. <laughs> Throw
2: yourself under the bus. Yeah, right. yeah.
3: Well, here's the thing. I don't know how many of you guys have ever thought about your own funeral. You know, like, what, what, would, what would I want my celebration of life? Do I want it to be joyful? All that kind of stuff. And I thought, you know what? I wonder if all the guys who said, I'll never wear a bow tie, if they came to my funeral all wearing bow ties. I don't know. That's, that's just something I, that, I thought. That,
1: that would be interesting. Or they just put you in a straight tie.
3: <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no, that'd be okay, cause because I've asked to be cremated. This so. is probably
2: what killed them.
1: Hey, so uh, Shane's not here today, he's got some ministries doing, Uh, Pastor Davis here. God bless you guys. Of course, Mr. Bowtie is here today. Hello. Uh, And then we've got Gary Austin, the Voice of the Valley. Hey,
3: Pastor, so excited to be here. Hey,
1: we're really, really honored uh, to be here with you guys today. Uh, We've got some wonderful Bible readings today. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, Uh, we're in Proverbs chapter 27, we're in Psalm 56, and Lamentations chapter 5. Uh, Who's enjoying Lamentations? You guys enjoying Lamentations? You know I'm an Old Testament guy. Yeah, I actually, I actually appreciate Lamentations. It really, it kind of, it does, it speaks to the woundingness, the, the woundedness of my soul as a mm-hmm. pastor. Um, watching people's lives become very desolate after sin and what happens when we sin, and and it really, it, it really speaks to me. I mean, it's hard to read, but it really does speak to me. I have to tell you, really when does.
2: I was a kid, how I learned to find Lamentations was um, there was this little. There was a whole list that of the books of the Bible and they, it went into this little prose. But the way I always remember lamentations is, Isaiah, Jeremiah, why are you lamenting? Have some of Ezekiel's lemonade. And that's how I remember to keep that those was, books in order. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I that's know it. it's dumb. But here I am you know, fifty <laughs> years later, still remembering Isaiah Jeremiah, why are you lamenting? Have some of Ezekiel's lemonade. <laughs>
1: Wow, that's a good point. That, that, that is, is good. Cool. Sorry to yeah. have ruined you guys. No, You'll never a, uh, forget no, that. Now. I
3: know, I know. <laughs> we won't. We won't forget it. You know what? I, as I love as hard it, as you what,
2: will try. <laughs> right? Yeah.
3: I loved what Pastor Shane shared the other day in staff devos as we jumped into Lamentations. The idea of taking a moment to set aside to realize why the consequences are happening for your actions. You know, it's like you said. A lot of people these days, including myself, when you get a consequence for something, like give it to me. Let's just get over it. With, get over with it and move on. And it isn't to sit there eternally wallowing in your misery. Yes. But here is what you've done. Here are the consequences for your actions. Here's the foundation of the heart of the Father as to why you're experiencing this. I mean, I I think that's important for maybe people who aren't Old Testament guys or who may be afraid of getting into the Old Testament books, especially something they're unfamiliar with like Lamentations. There's a purpose for it.
1: Oh, absolutely. And I find it – for me, it's one of those things to realize it's just a – you know, it's, it's repentance, it's, it's not, I've lost everything repentance, in that sense, like, you know, Job was like sackcloth and ashes for all the stuff he was going through and all the loss, mourning, things like that. It, it, sometimes for me it's really coming back to that, uh, the king of Nineveh, where I've been called out because of my sin and therefore I'm going to lament my sin and I'm going to recognize that I am a sinner. And I don't know about you guys, uh, but uh, I'm I still lament over my sin and and I I weep over my sin, and I kind of feel like it sometimes. You know, you you know, you got those guys in your life that you're always talking to. It's like you, it's always the same thing. You're confessing. It's like you're just this constant battle with the same <clears throat> rut that you're you're fighting through. And so I I just I do appreciate the well, fact there that is, We have though, to step right? back sometimes. There, you know? there
2: is that sin that so easily besets each one of yeah, us. Yeah, we got
1: to put it aside. Right. Yeah. to fight and
2: it. and the idea that um, you somehow are able to uh, evolve as a Christian you know to the state of sinless perfection um, would to God that that were true but I think it, it, experientially we all know man, if you struggle with greed or materialism or lust or anger or you know pick one um, for every for every person there there's that sin that just seems to you think, my goodness, I thought I crucified that like a long time ago. And maybe you go a month or two and you're like, really, you know, you haven't even dealt with it. It's like, oh, this is great. And all of a sudden something will happen and trigger that in you, you know, Mm -hmm. and you're like, where did that even come from? Oh Lord, I'm so sorry. And of course you begin to lament because you're like, Lord, that is so against the nature of Christ in me that I don't, I don't want to lust, or I don't want to throw a temper tantrum, or I don't want to be greedy, or whatever it is that you deal with.
1: Well, and I think a lot of times, I mean, I know for me, just being around pastors, pride is terrible. That we, you know, it's it's this not for me, know, brother. So yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> I got you a humble button. You can wear it tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I, I, you know, but no, really, right, right next saying, to my dunce hat. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> the the arrogance of pastors mm-hmm. that we have all the answers that we. Um, you know, it's my way or the highway, and it's, it, it's, it becomes abusive, and it's really, really dangerous, um, and we have to be really, really careful at how we go about treating people because we can treat people like they're lesser, and that's never God's intention, and that's a sin that I think I, I, I just see in pastors, and I, I see it in our own team where we treat people as lessers. They, oh, they didn't do, they didn't live up to our standard. They didn't do that, and we treat people as lessers, we, right. and we should never do that. Uh, we need to own up when we've, we we need to own up when we've messed up. And I think lamentations is a great reminder for us to own it because if you don't own it, you end up like Israel did, you know, and Judah, they ended up in desolation. Yeah because they, they literally they fell out of favor with God because there was no repentance. And I think we have to be really, really careful with that. Um, I know that you know, we, we need to watch out for our pride, we need to watch out for our attitude, we need to watch out for the things we say, the things we write, we need to watch out for those things. Um, I can write something and have it be cathartic and never publish it. You know, And that's what a journal is for. Um, I'm really careful uh, doing those things on a computer you know, because I'm like, I want to be really careful that my last words aren't something harsh or terrible, right? But like, I uh, uh, John, it, I can't remember who said it, but somebody said that um, paper is more patient than people.
3: <laughs>
1: you know, and it's like the idea that um, it, that um, you you can you, it, it's something you you can work out stuff on a piece of paper, and uh, and I you guys understand I I'm, I'm a Bible guy all the way, but I love what Spurgeon said. Uh, visit many books, but live in the Bible, right? Uh, but uh, meditations. And by the way, you have to understand something about philosophers. Philosophers were uh, fatalists; they were not. They were deists at best. They weren't. They they, they are not theologians. Uh, but Marcus Aurelius, his writings, uh, his meditations, were things he never ever thought somebody would ever read. They were his private journals that had been published, and and so it's interesting, like what what would people see, you know, would they see our struggles, would they see the reality of those things if we're, you know, when we're journaling, like we're working stuff out. Because I wanna work stuff out, and sometimes it is cathartic to work out my frustration with the situation or something. Uh, for me, you know, a great example, the whole the thing we got going on with the road out front. Um, but at the same time, we're still we're still a church and we still have things we have to do. We still have things we have to get done. And we're, we're you know, it's, it's a financial, thing you know it's it's there's a lot of money going away really fast because of uh what the city's doing out in front and so we we just kind of have to start to wonder you know lord how how do i work this out where i don't become bitter or angry um or snap at people you know uh and it is it's important i think lamentations is an important book if you haven't read it i think you should read it
3: and a piece of paper and a pen are tools yeah and you can use those tools to express emotions that need to be worked out like you said and then if the emotion is too raw you can always take a match to the paper but be careful when you use another person as a tool That's a good point. Because you can take a match to that person and damage that relationship permanently.
1: Yeah, you can. Yeah, and we have to I think we have to be really really careful with that that we we don't we don't we're not burning down relationships. That's that's a that's a valid point because we're supposed to build one another up in the most holy faith. We're supposed to be loving one another, building one another up, encouraging one another, speaking truth to one another in love. And doing those things that doesn't mean we don't confront sin. I want to clarify that. Of course. We always confront. We have to confront issues. Well, it's you know?
2: interesting both of you guys uh, just listening to you share. Um, It just reminds me, I think, Ty, you and I have talked about this in the past, I don't think, on radio, but um, President Lincoln's Secretary of War, whose name slips my mind right now, I could probably Google it, but anyhow, his Secretary of War really disliked Grant. Like really disliked Grant, and the thing that angered him the most, of course, was the drinking, because General Grant was was a heavy drinker, and so he was complaining to the president one day about about Grant's drinking, and uh, Abraham Lincoln said, "You're really bothered by this." He's, I, "I am." He says, "Well, write write him a letter." Said, okay, Mr. President. Th-. And he was walking out of Mr. Lincoln's office, and, and President Lincoln said, "No, no, no. I mean right now." Sit down and write him a letter. And he gave him paper and pencil. And so he wrote this, I mean, scathing letter to, to General Grant and just let him have it. And um, President Lincoln sat there and watched as he wrote. And when he got all done, he President Lincoln said, you feel better? And he goes, yeah, I, I, I really do. And uh, he stood up and President Lincoln said, where are you going? He said, I'm going to post this letter. And he says, no, you're not. And he opened the firebox. He said, you're going to burn it. <laughs> and he made him throw this letter into the firebox and burn it. And then uh, he said, well, why did you have me do that? And he said, well, you feel better, right? And, well, I do. He said, good. Now, find out what the man drinks and send him a case. <laughs> 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 he said, he's wow. winning this war for us, so stop. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but like don't, you don't said, you. Yeah. paper can be burned. So he felt better for writing it, and then he burned it. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's
1: important. And by the way, it was Anne Frank who said that uh, paper go. is more patient than people. And, and she would know. And she would know, yeah, and she would. Uh, because I think it is important to, to realize that, you know, we do need to work things out. Yeah. And um, we can't always be working things out against another human being. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And that's why we have this beautiful relationship with God through prayer. Um, Paul, you know, when he, in our writings today, you, you know, if you think about where, where he's at in, in the writings, you know, he's, you know, it's this idea of this, this pattern of self-denial, right? He's, he's like, look, and I just, I want to make sure that I'm going to give up those things that are going to stumble other people. Right. And he's owning up. He's like, look, I, I'm going to just have a pattern that I'm going to say, you know, if that's going to bother somebody, I'm not going to do it, you know, and things like that. And I know that, A lot of people, they really aren't willing to deny themselves, like I have to be heard. And I just want to share with somebody, I don't know who this is for, but the Lord hears you. You don't need to be yelling at everybody. You don't need to be angry at everybody. You don't need to be posting on everything you see online. You don't need to be doing that. You can just go talk to God about it. Just turn the computer off, shut the phone off, and go talk to God about it, and God hears you, God knows. God, goes, God hears
3: you. Right along with our reading today also in Psalm 56. Mm-hmm. It, it talks about in verse 2, My adversaries pursue yeah. me all day long in their pride. Many are attacking me. And the next verse, When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. And that's just a, yeah. a, a redirection of where our, our focus is. It's on God because he's our hiding place. Mm-hmm. He's the one who loves us and embraces us when the rest of the world seems like they're against us or in that in that whole spirit of pride. Um, Just on a side note, a little salted peanut for Dave here. You know, if you're you're reading Psalm 56, uh, the tune is A Dove on Distant Oaks. So if that tune comes to mind, that's what this psalm is. Thank you, Lord.
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) My wife always chuckles when it says that, you know. To the tune of such a song, Sylvia will always go, oh, remember that one, honey? (laughs) Oh, honey, it's our (laughs) psalm.
1: Dave, next time we're in Israel... We just need to t- just like, stop people on the street and say, do you know this tune? <laughs>
2: this tune.
1: <laughs> um, doves on a Distant Oak and see if anybody actually right. knows it.
2: Right. We'll have have that would be awesome.
1: Rabbis. Some of the rabbis might. Right, yeah. Because I'll tell you what, man, we were there uh, We were there um, this last time we were there. It was bat mitzvah day and bar mitzvah day. And it was party. Oh, and, and by the way, what I thought was really interesting is I've actually, that was the first time I ever got moved uh, cause I was at the wall and they moved me because of a picture because these photographers have turned the bar mitzvah into like a wedding now. Right. Yeah, like yeah. it's all these photographers and we're going to get all these pictures and, and you know, okay, I got to kind of stage the photo and do all that stuff. I'm just trying to pray. I'm just like leaning on a wall, just begging God for mercy. Um, and, and praying over the city and I got, can, can you move over a little bit? And I'm like, you know, I'm like,
3: did it real. feel like the temple courts a little bit, in a sense?
1: Did it feel like the temple courts... It was it was different this last time I was there. It it had a different feel for it. I think last time I was there, I, uh, the first time I was there, I was there in an April during a high Passover. No, I'm saying like so.
3: the 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 spirit of like you know God's house. Jesus sees what's happening. It isn't what is supposed to happen in God's house. It, did it feel like that at the wall? Place no, for prayer. no, I
1: don't think so. The photographers bother me because I, I've got a, I've got some angst with uh, photographers in the states now because of how they they treat things at weddings and stuff like that. Where I'm. I was at a funeral, there was a photographer at a funeral and this photographer wow, was all over world, why stuff. Why I had a photographer why? over my shoulder taking a picture, a, a point of view perspective from me with my Bible open with the casket in front of me. And I'm, and I'm like, and they didn't have their shutter sound turned off. So I'm like, this whole time, there's this, this photographer taking pictures. So I am I think at this point, and having a son who's a photographer and a father and a father-in-law who are all photographers, I'm, you, you want to disappear as a photographer you don't want to be seen or heard it, and so I, it just rubs me raw and so I think I noticed that but the temple should be a place of celebration celebrating a, a boy becoming a man it should be a celebration what he's had to go through same with the women um, I, I didn't feel it was no one has ever tried to sell me anything in that space I just it was the photographer thing that just rubs me and it's probably more because I'm American and because of what I do That's probably why. But no, it never felt like we need to turn tables over. Uh, It didn't feel that way. But I'll tell you what, though. It was really interesting seeing all the women poke over the wall to watch their boys uh, getting bar misfit. That was really cute. That was really cute.
3: So as a kid, when I would go to my grandparents' house, there was a special night once a week where my grandpa would take out the slide projector and they would put in those little, you know, little square yeah. slides, and we'd watch yeah. slides of different family things. And that was the last time I remember in my limited time in fifty-ish years, almost, uh, of actually sitting there with as a family and enjoying those memories. But I noticed that at things, you know, all the kids' performances, you know, the Christmas show, the Easter show, that whatever, and. N- I don't know what the percentage is, 60, 70 percent of the people have their phones up recording it. And we spend so much time as photographers trying to capture the moment. How much time is really spent as a family going back and enjoying those things? I know us, our family doesn't, but we try to capture those moments. What if we just sit there and be present and have that spirit right. of thankfulness? Thank you, God, that my kid actually finished this year well. You know,
1: When I went to Israel the first time, I had a lot of people encourage me to take a camera and I said no because I want to be in the moment. So I d- I didn't take one because it's really hard to see the beauty of something when you're looking through a lens. <laughs> um, and photographers have a different view of things. Um, and, and so this last time I did a lot of video stuff. You know, while I was there, just trying to help out. So we had stuff for here. But I, it, it's one of those things you realize too that you you can lose not being in the moment. But I remember the whole uh, the big rounds that you put down on the slide machine, you know, the slide projector, the big round ones, my family, we had hundreds of those cause my dad was a photographer. And so, and we, we still have hundreds of those. My brother and I don't know what to do with them right now. Uh, and so we're trying to, we're, we're trying to get those all developed and, and, and things like that. But we, you have to take care of slides cause they, they degrade. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember doing that. I remember this is the grand Canyon trip from last year. And you'd have family over. And I remember that was like the slideshow family. Like you'd have people over and you'd show them this, all these slides. And like now you would say you just, but now you just send them the video while you're there or they've seen it online, you know? So,
2: yeah, it's an interesting thing. Yeah, my first trip to Israel in the early 90s um, or maybe mid 90s, I don't know. Anyhow, uh, I took my Kodak 35 millimeter camera and took all slides and came back to Bellflower and had them all developed and put into the slides and drop them in the carousel. And you're yep. looking at them through the light. Okay, hey, that was on day two. Oh, no, that comes much later. You know, and you're, that whole business. And then if you were really fancy, you'd hang up a sheet. I can remember doing this at Hosanna. You'd hang up the sheet, but then you'd have to put the slides in so that you could show it from the backside instead of having the, the, the carousel sound. The <laughs> so we would shoot it from behind. So we'd put the slides in backwards, backwards flip them all so, over. Yeah, exactly. But I love that sound.
3: There's such a nostalgia yeah, for me I just
1: know, hearing right? that sound. Right. Well, there. Is, well, that's like, uh, well, that's kind of like our, our comment, you know, question, um, that came in, uh, Mail order catalog day, question mark. Um, after listening to pastors talk about their experience, I called my sister and told her about it. We laughed at that for quite a while because mom and dad were big into the whole Montgomery Ward there it is. and JCPenney's thing. Uh, us two also got into the music club that came out <laughs> oh in the my. paper every Sunday. It was great to get music, but it was impossible to cancel. Right. Uh, right,
2: yeah. No, you're exactly right. Yeah, once, you, once Columbia had you, they owned oh, you. Oh, they owned yeah. you, yeah. yeah. That was like, this, that was like think, the first timeshare. I time still share. taking it out of my checking yeah, account. Yeah, it was like timeshare, yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
1: Yeah, I remember having to, we had to, I actually remember, we had to change a bank one time. Uh, really? to, oh yeah, absolutely. Just to get KTL or Columbia off your back. We still rec- we still receive CDs every month. For uh, for about a year, I think my dad threatened to sue. <laughs> it was hilarious at the time. Uh, oh that is that's from Karen that's from Karen and she's in Ogden, Utah. She was born and raised in Pocatello, graduated from ISU, and now lives in Ogden. So God wow. bless you, Karen. And thanks for thanks for sharing that. Uh, we had that. another one that yeah. came in. It says uh, my uh, mom was obsessed with green stamps.
0: Yes, uh, I never,
1: yes! I never understood it completely, <clears throat> I but I believe uh, mom would have given her life to fill these books and get free stuff. <laughs> uh, that's great marketing uh, strategy of the time. Uh, that's from a uh, Daryl Ornani. That's Or Orini. Or any, yeah. Or any, yeah. I just uh, I'm like uh, he actually put it phonetically so I can kind of get it right. Because <laughs> he that. knows I can't spell or read, so uh he's helping me out. But yeah, but, hey, you know, those are great, those are great comments, man. I, I really appreciate that. Those yeah, are those I are I got, really got good. my first
2: Wilson tennis racket from S and H Green Stamps. Oh, really? Uh, that, oh buddy. That
1: would be the wood one. Yeah. With the gut oh, strings, yeah. right? 100 mm-hmm. yep. percent yeah, I yep. I I had those. It was probably really still still in nice a box somewhere in the time. Well, you, may, well, you remember, used to play test. Did, did it have the? Tennis. Did it have? The, it had the little rack to keep it safe, right? Oh, of course. Yeah, absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. You
2: put the little wing nuts and tighten it down. Yeah,
1: so I, would just, it yeah, stay yeah, yeah. straight. Wouldn't, wouldn't bend. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm, wouldn't yeah, absolutely. It. Hey, listen, we're out of time for today. It's been a good Monday. It is bow tie day, so wear a bow tie. Go get yourself a cup of coffee. At Greenhouse Coffee, twenty two ninety nine, East Seventeenth don't wear Street. a
2: bow tie and just go make fun of people who do.
1: That's right. Okay, that's an
2: idea. There you go. You love your family. We're out. Real
0: loving, Dave. Pastors Live is a Rev FM production from Idaho Falls, Idaho, and is made possible by the Ministry of Greenhouse Coffee. Send your questions and comments by email to Pastors Live at the Then listen for their response on another episode of the lighthearted podcast adventure, Pastors, Pastors Live. Live.